0: It should be obvious that we cannot solve a crisis with the same methods that got us into it in the first place. This is a last chance saloon, because if we don't really take the decisions that are vital now, it's going to be almost impossible to catch up. We will end the moratorium on extracting our huge reserves of shale, which could get glass flowing as soon as six months
1: will If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero Carbon East Hall. Hello and welcome to Zero Easter Series 4, Fool's Gold. I'm Ian Collins and this is the UK's number one environment-based podcast. If it's green, it's in. And I think it's worth saying uh, we're actually rather lucky to have Dale with us today. It could have gone so awfully <laughs> wrong yesterday, Dale. I thought you were going to get... I was watching you... So this is reference to the Just Stop Oil protest. You were there yesterday, right in the heart of it, right in the thick of it. Uh, you made some some comments and speeches. But I thought there was a point. It looked... When I looked at the Daily Mail, I thought... Dale's going to get nicked here. What's going on? I was going to come and rescue you at one point. (laughs)
0: <laughs> nice one you know um reading the headlines this morning and and the the stuff these guys are writing the mail the sun uh in particular there's others as well but it's like they want me to be arrested they're now calling just top oil a criminal organization of which i'm the funder and um the don yeah. <laughs> whenever we have these conversations I, I always think of some evil bond villain you know stroking yeah. a white cat and all that kind you of stuff you don't even but own a cat do no no i wouldn't either i think it's wrong right <laughs> <laughs> ownership, right, yeah. and, uh, animal ownership but look um, uh, what a day right i mean uh, the first time i've been out protesting with just stop oil it really was a bit surreal I landed in Parliament Square, met a couple of guys. And so, can we can we
1: just it, when you say landed, just yep. so that the helicopter uh, conspiracy <laughs> theorists don't start again? You, you, you're yeah, using that as a metaphor, right? You, yeah, you yeah, arrived absolutely. at Parliament Square just to be clear. Thank you. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, then um, next thing you know, it's it's like it's like happening. They passed me an orange uh, high vis, and uh, people appeared from nowhere, putting on these high vises, and then. Uh, some traffic lights went red, you know, pedestrian crossing. They just walked out and stayed there, and, and I walked with them. It's a very weird feeling, though, because, like, um, all of your social conditioning uh, tells you to get out the road as quickly as possible, doesn't it, right? I never thought of that. That's a good point. And it's just weird uh, to, to then just stand there, and then uh, then we walk, and again, it kicks in. I just want to walk fast, right? <laughs> but, uh, it has to be a slow walk. <laughs> it was quite painful and, and a little bit kind of uh, anxiety-inducing. It was a, It was a strange thing. Uh, and you're and then, not you're not exactly a stranger to protest, but th- this particular what
1: this particular method or the, j- just being in the thick of it in this way, it felt a bit different.
0: Yeah I guess it's like inviting conflict that's not something that I do uh, I don't back away from it but I, I I don't invite it and and of course if you stand in the middle of the road in London blocking the traffic you are inviting conflict yeah um, so that felt a little bit strange and then we had a slow walk a very slow walk around parliament square and then off up Whitehall I think it was past number 10 uh, which is a bit of fun somebody chucked me the megaphone and uh, so I had a bit of uh, did a bit of megaphone diplomacy uh, along Whitehall uh, talking is about, that the yeah. official term, megaphone diplomacy? <laughs> I like that. I'm
1: sure that's in a United Nations file somewhere. <laughs> that's right. If in doubt, enlist some megaphone paid. diplomacy. Yeah. I mean, what's, yeah, up, um, what's
0: a lack of diplomacy on a megaphone? I we just swearing? Is it? Like, Oh, maybe it is yeah I, I i didn't do that by the way either i mean i know that i i lapse into swearing in these podcasts but uh, that didn't happen on the megaphone and look we um we got to another square not sure where it is london's not my place really don't know where things are what they're called but we got to another square and then the cops came over and the cops have been really nice actually all day and they said look we mean it this time <laughs> right if you don't get off the road you're gonna arrest you that's the final warning apparently there's a whole protocol where once they say final warning you know arrest is next if you don't get off the street and um It was amazing because the, you know, the organizers came to everybody and said, if you don't want to get arrested, step onto the, onto the pavement and four people stayed on the road intending to get arrested. It was all so civilized and they took them across the road to another place. And it was like um, a press gathering of some kind. The, it was a slow motion arrest. It was more theatre than, uh, than anything else. And then they took them one at a time to waiting vans through crowds of supporters. It must have taken about 15 minutes to arrest four people and put them in a van. It was very strange. They were giving speeches while they were being handcuffed and stuff like that. Yeah, a really surreal experience, I would say. And then so, I jumped on. I was gone. just
1: going to say, so you said the, pl- the police actually were, were
0: okay throughout all of this. There was no aggression yeah, or hassle. No, they were they were they were decent. There's a picture of me fist bumping, not not pu- not not punching. <laughs> Let me start <laughs> just, just to clarify, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me, me fist bumping a copper uh, at the end of the march. It's, it's in the tabloids today, along with some rabid opinions. Oh my god, it's incredible. It really has like triggered them. But so uh, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Right? Uh, I think the Just Stop World people are really incredibly brave. There's people there, uh, you know, putting their liberty on the line. And, um, uh, you know, for a really important cause. So so I went and uh, taken the flack now from the right-wing media. Yeah. Them. Um,
1: I, I thought I'd have a little look at some of the comments uh, as well. And you kind of wonder – I, I always fear for people's sanity sometimes when I see some of these. Um, just the first one I fished out, Dale Vince should be dead. Um, no, I thought that's a bit over the top, isn't it, really? bit strong. That's <laughs> a bit strong. We just went on a protest. <laughs> How did that get through the moderators?
0: That was the Sun editor, right? That's right. <laughs> That's the main headline today. I recorded a lovely little video for the Daily Mail it's on my social media, walking at the front of the march. Uh, I just said, got a message from the Daily Mail, look straight at the camera, flick the Vs. <laughs> I loved it. I've watched it back. It's a good one.
1: They, they may well. I, I mean, it could be that eventually the, uh, the, you know, the
0: Daily Mail come calling. Well, I, I met the um, journalist from the Daily Mail. We were chatting and I asked him where he was from. He was interviewing me. And then he said to me, <laughs> it was so funny, he said, it doesn't matter what I say, you'll turn it against me and use it to, run, to raise funds. <laughs> <I> said, <laughs> uh,
1: here's a couple of others. Uh, people
0: have the this is from uh, Jim, who says
1: people have the right to protest. Suck it up, car users. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. this is on the Daily Mail.
0: Yeah. Uh, And look, you know, it's probably, uh, I don't know if the protest lasted an hour or something like that. I don't think it was like madly disruptive in in the scheme of things, right? Uh, You know, I mean, considering we're in London traffic anyway, but certainly not disruptive compared to what's going on in the background. Obviously, the climate crisis, which I keep telling all the media outlets are talking to me, you know, 40,000 deaths across Europe last year. That's a little bit fucking disruptive, right? When you lose your life because of the climate crisis and a bit of traffic, well. Not really, is it? One here from Scooby says, uh, cut their benefits. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so when you go mm-hmm. to sign on on Monday, Dale, um, yeah. they they might have a word with you uh, because Scooby says so. I think Scooby should do one. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> huh? uh, d- d- Will says, uh, try mum jokes on them. Your mum would stop traffic because she's massive, says Will's. No, me know. neither. Me neither. <laughs> uh, but it's a nice try from Wills. <laughs> Whose Agenda says, aren't those vests and banners made oh, of plastic uh, an plastic. oil byproduct? <laughs> and the same goes for the clothes they're wearing.
0: <laughs> I saw some of this on social media. I thought, oh, blimey, bless them, really. They, they, they don't understand what the issue is in that case. But, I mean, plastic's not a byproduct anyway. It's a main product of oil. And um, this is not about not using oil. This is about not not finding more forms of oil. Um, and uh, and obviously part of that is uh, we have to stop burning it as fast as possible to make energy. Yeah. That's a very different thing to not using oil for things that it's good at. Uh, not that plastic is good, because there's another issue there anyway. But that's a different thing further sure. down the line. This
1: comes from Peter the Great, who says, Without police collusion and protection, these clowns would not be doing what they're doing. I'm lagging your voice there. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm trying to try to employ some BAFTA-like drama to this stuff. <laughs> but there there is a suggestion that and many people have said this and we've debated it as well, that the police are kind of tacitly on your side.
0: And that that's not true. I mean, in my limited experience, I've been on one march. Uh, that that's not true. Uh, The police tried to uh, move it all along, you know, kept encouraging people to get out of the way, uh, walk faster, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they they deployed the law, the new Section 12 thing. I think, you know, you've got to say fair play to the police. They allowed a little bit of a protest and then they stopped it. I mean, I think that's like that's like living in a democracy, right? From Ego Sum Maxima, who
1: says... Where are they all coming from? I don't know. I I cry for these people. Uh, Funded by... This is the Daily Mail again. Funded by Dale Vince so he can build more wind farms and boost his wealth. Yeah. Daily Mail, did you say? Yeah. Not the brightest, are they? Uh, Hombre says, run them over. It's not very nice, is it? (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, is isn't very nice at all.
1: Uh, this one from Oak and Elm. Decent, affordable public transport would make these kind of protests far less effective.
0: It's kind of fair um, point in a weird way. Yeah, good point. Uh, actually, just stopping uh, drilling for oil and gas in the North Sea would uh, kill the whole thing.
1: Yeah, there is another way around it. Yeah, that would stop it as well. Uh, Firestorm says, I don't understand the police. One minute they're saying they have no powers to do anything. The next they are making arrests or handing out Section 12
0: public order offences. What's the difference? Mm, I have no idea. Obviously, at the coronation, they just arrested people randomly for being uh, anti-monarchy, didn't they? Sparkle says, Daddy's little trust fund children. That's who they are. Yeah. Well, there you go. Sparkle, come on down and and meet some of the people that are doing this. They're a long way from that. All posh kids, because you're very posh, obviously, Dale. Uh, All posh
1: kids out there uh, doing so, because Bank of Mum and Dad are funding them.
0: Yeah, there's kind of a lot of bitterness and prejudice out there in the world, isn't there? That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's stop that. I don't want to hear any more of that. It's like bringing me down, man.
1: (laughs) Daily Mail says, bore off with this story these people have a right to protest daily mail i love it that's no, you carl. made that one up yeah no it's the oh, very la- the f-
0: i thought it was a quote for the daily mail <laughs> no 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 that's from
1: carl 09 <laughs> okay. i don't know if that's what he was born that makes him 14 but it could be <laughs> it might be i don't think he's the average target readership for the daily mail somehow
0: no you're probably right
1: Hi, I'm Mike Graham from Talk TV and I've been asked to tell you about green issues and a new book called Manifesto. It's brilliant, apparently. Do you believe in climate change? I don't. Do you believe we all need to find a greener way of living our lives? No, I don't either. I think it's all a load of guff perpetuated by loony lefties and eco-zealots hell-bent on causing a nuisance. Do you believe we're all killing our beautiful planet? No, neither do I. But I know a fellow who does. His name's Dale Vince. He's so convinced he's written a whole book about it called Manifesto the battle for green britain it's part memoir part handbook for changing the world and shaking it up apparently i won't be buying it but you can if you want to waste your hard-earned cash it's 4.99 pretty cheap isn't it you must be wealthy as hell according to this script it's available now from fgr.co.uk forward slash shop where does it go next, though? Because there is... So the counter... Can I just put my um, anti-protest hat on, Dale, for a second?
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. of course. Oh, I, some, I mean, you, you, you've got a wardrobe of hats. Yeah,
1: I Yeah. It. Where's the anti pro Oh, thank you. There you go. The dresser has just brought it in. Huh. So the anti-protest hat says it's brilliant to protest, it's right to protest, there's nothing wrong with protesting, but to do it every day clearly isn't the spirit of the right to protest.
0: Yeah, and... Because and otherwise really... it's a perpetual protest. It is, yeah. I mean, that's a fair point as well. But uh, you know, some of the best protests in history have been occupations. You know, perpetual protests, occupations of squares and stuff like that, and people saying, "Look, we're not going to go away until you fix this," and and it's not getting fixed, right? I mean, the conservatives are doubling down. Rishi Sunak this week called me. What did he call me? An eco zealot. And and I, I just want to say that these people, i uh, got to use his own language. These are fossil fuel zealots, right? They're just doubling down. Uh, trebling down on fossil fuels just caused the biggest energy crisis that the world has ever experienced, actually. It's bigger than the problems of the 70s, uh, you know, with our bills quadrupling and stuff like that. That was caused by fossil fuels and global markets for fossil fuels. And Sunak's response is to say, well, we need to drill the North Sea f- to squeeze some more oil out. But the North Sea's running out, by the way. It's got 10 years before it's empty. Yeah. His response is to drill it more and say that that will help lower energy bills, which it can't. That's an actual but that's an actual lie, actually, because he must know better. He's not a stupid man.
1: He's accusing Labour of, of – um, and we'll come to Labour in a second because there's a story that's just broken about their pledges on green investment. But the, what Sunak is saying is that if, if Starmer licences no more oil companies drilling, etc., we will be short of oil and then we'll have to go cap in hand to countries like
0: Russia. It's such bullshit, right? I mean, it's such bullshit. What? What? <laughs> we haven't we haven't done new drilling in the North Sea for a very long time, right? We haven't had problems other than the energy crisis. Uh, but that but that's because of the global market in fossil fuels. And half of our gas comes from the North Sea now. And in that energy crisis, we paid a global price for it—ten times the normal price—because we allow that to happen. And that's why I say drilling from oil and gas in the North Sea can't lower our energy bills. It's stupid to say that, or it's a lie to say that, because we allow global markets to set the price. It can't lower our energy bills. It doesn't matter where we buy oil and gas from. We pay the same price, whether we make it here or get it from Saudi Arabia. So he's talking nonsense as a reason for drilling. And because the other thing they say is it'll increase our energy security. But look, the North Sea is nearly empty It'll take years to bring new oil and gas fields into being. And once they're up and running, they may last 10 years. How long is that? There's no so, energy security in 10 years worth of energy, is well,
1: there? No, of course there's not. You've got to be looking at half a century if you're thinking ahead. But <laughs> the, the, the politicians don't tend to do that. But when, so when Starmer says, you know, no more licences, no more drilling, I mean, is he being slightly disingenuous in that there's not much of that
0: going on anyway? That's right, but this is the issue: new drilling, new licensing. You know, it shouldn't be happening. I mean, all of the science tells us that the UN, the IEA, everybody is consistent on this theme. We can't drill for more oil and gas if we are to have any chance of hitting one point five degrees. You know, global temperature rise. So that's a that's a very strong, consistent, scientifically backed position. Labour are completely right on that. We shouldn't be doing more drilling. We shouldn't be opening coal mines either. Uh, that's just the way that it is. But look, there's a contrast here between fossil fuels you know if we drill in the north sea maybe we'll find some oil and gas that lasts us another 10 years it won't make us more energy secure it won't lower energy bills because it's a single use fuel renewable energy is forever it's a forever fuel if we invest our time and money now in a rapid transition to 100 green energy we can have permanently super low energy bills we can end energy poverty we can Provide massive resilience uh, to our economy, create hundreds of thousands of really good long term jobs in these new clean industries uh, all of this is an incredible opportunity and messing around with the in the dog days of fossil fuels trying to squeeze a few more drops out of the north sea is that is the height of stupidity here's a final one then uh, this
1: just broke just as we started recording this labor <laughs> the, the headline is labor waters down 28 billion pound green investment pledge labor has rode back on its pledge to invest 28 billion quid a year in green industries if it wins power saying it needs to be responsible with public finances instead shadow chancellor rachel reeves said she would now ramp up investment over time from a 2024 election win reaching 28 billion which is what they said by 2027 so the pledge that the amount of money is still there but over a longer period of time
0: yeah i think that means it's going to start it won't hit its peak until three years after the election yeah uh, which I don't think is the end of the world. Labour are obviously coming under a lot of scrutiny and and some attack, I would say, for the pledge. And, and obviously they're feeling the pressure of that. I don't think there's anything surprising in there. Of course they're going to be responsible with public money. They're not going to do a Liz trust, right? And fuck us all up with un, unfunded. Oh, come on. She was buttons. great, Dale. She was great. Uh, Liz was brilliant. Her and That's Kwasi,
1: the- what a pair! What a duo! <laughs> Starkey and Harch, Cannon and Ball, Truss <laughs> and Kwate. Quat- I mean, man alive! Don't get
0: well, the, me better. The entertainment value of uh, yeah. um, last summer's like Tory leadership shuffle was, uh, it, was it, it was it was good. It yeah. was good. The thing is, as well, to bear in mind, and and you know this this statement does not bother me at all, and the reason for that is that investing in green energy is an investment that pays for itself very quickly if we were uh, running the country like a business which is what the tories always claim to do then we would look at the opportunity in green energy and we would say borrow money to build that stuff yeah. because it's a great investment for our country it's economic on its own terms and so i you know i've got no fear that when rachel reeves gets into office and she sees these opportunities she'll say well no these are good things to do with public money actually listen um i've got a funny feeling when and have a
1: bucket load of topics this time next week, Dale. Uh, this is the gift that keeps on giving. Um, ah, and
0: the, the government are not letting us down in the agenda department. It's been a mad week. You? you know, it started with the Daily Mail front page, didn't it? Like, yeah. uh, about this funding hoo-ha, you know, this connection they're trying <laughs> the to make. Hoo-ha. Uh, the hoo-ha word. And like, uh, you know, it's, it's just like, it's gone mental this week, actually. Yeah. I want to say I'm loving it. And I kind of, I kind of am. You can't run away from it, right? You can't. You no, can't, no, you no. Can't. I mean,
1: you're 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 there in the kind of eye of the storm in that respect, and 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 I know you don't have a problem with that. And uh, you mm. know, c- certain quarters of the media
0: will keep it up, and
1: uh, you will take it oh. on the chin and fight back. So.
0: Oh, And by the way, right? The, these quarters of the media that you're referring to. Look at their ownership, right? They're all tax exile billionaires. Uh, otherwise, you've got the Barclay brothers, or there's only one of them surviving, who's actually just having the telegraph sold out from under him. But, you know, he's a tax exile. Uh, you've got the, the Russian billionaire dude who was put in the House of Lords against the advice of M- MI5 by, uh, by Johnson. You know, look at the ownership of these, these tabloids, these right-wing you know, press outlets. And uh, then you understand their agenda. Very suspicious man, aren't you, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, uh, no. <laughs> it, looks,
1: it looks so bloody obvious. Yeah, looks and sounds like a duck and all the rest of it. Brilliant. Who's <laughs> like a duck, right? Yeah, darn right. Uh, have a great week, Dale. We're speaking seven days. Yeah, thank you. See you then. That's it for this episode. Don't forget, of course, you can follow this podcast from your provider that way you get each new episode automatically and do make sure you follow dale on social media twitter.com slash dale vince facebook.com slash dale vince and on insta
0: too there we go yeah nice oh we forgot to talk about piers morgan oh yeah yeah we can do it like this can we there's a postscript what happened with piers morgan dale (laughs) <laughs> well i went on a show actually he, he sent his cameras to stroud and uh, we did a remote interview from our office which was quite nice of them i had a right old time actually <laughs> he, he wasn't a bad person to speak to uh you know first half of the interview That's was kind of yeah, kind of straightforward you know he said he understood uh, the the oil issues and stuff he just didn't like the the methods you know which a lot of people are saying so that was that was fair enough you know i could accept that and then uh Then he went into Piers Morgan mode for the second half, you know, (laughs) like uh, came out the wardrobe like the Hulk or something, and he's like, "Avocados and almonds, right? You're a vegan, but do you eat avocados and almonds?" And I'm like, "Oh my god!" I laughed. I said, "I knew it was coming. This is what you say to vegans." And then we had this this uh, exchange. I would say Uh, it was it was all decent. It wasn't none of it was angry. But uh, at some point, he said to me, "I'll ask the questions, Mister Vince. This is my interview." And I'm like, "No, Piers, this is our interview," because I'm I'm, I'm like, fair life. I'm like, uh, you know, so you're okay with the murder of baby cows so that you can drink their mother's milk. He wouldn't answer it. so I wouldn't let it go. I'm like, you're ducking the question. He's going on about billions of bees being slaughtered to make avocados. I don't know where he gets these ideas from. And, uh, and then I told him that actually, um, avocados and almonds come from Spain. He was shocked. They cut that bit out. (laughs) He said, he said, how do you know they come from Spain? I'm like, well i use my eyes you know how do we know anything pierce
1: so that bit didn't <laughs> make the cut
0: no they cut that bit. <laughs> he thought it all came from california and he thought he had a bang to rights anti-vegan argument right there if you were almonds you're a hypocrite that was You should thing. have just
1: said chips as we always do chips,
0: chips vegan yeah. food chips the most popular yeah. food in the land so there you it, go <laughs> it was good fun anyway good work Zero carbon east off.